SR Fitness Podcast 365, episode four with Brandon Hepburn. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, man. You? <clears throat> I'm well, mate. I'd rather be where you are, but we'll touch on that in a second, mate. What's the weather there at the moment? It's good. It's getting warmer. It's getting warmer. Last night was the first night where I was just like, I just got, I got fucking sweaty. It was horrible. It was really? Cool. <laughs> You're yeah, out in good. Dubai, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. How long have you been there now? <clears throat> um, I got here on... Oh, the um, like the 31st of December, I think. Yeah. Just, yeah, I think so. Straight after Christmas, I pretty much had my flight and then I left. Yeah. Wait, are you technically classed as an influencer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were allowed no. out there at the moment, unless you are. Man, I don't think anyone's. I, uh, that, I love that. I think there was a girl on the BBC, wasn't there? Was, and yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, Angie's just killed everyone in the fitness industry. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not here to slay other people, but I did check out one of her fitness classes, I think they're called, and oh, yeah. not quite sure what she was up to, to put it that way, so. No, oh God, no, so just stay in your own lane, just do your <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let, let's just, um, let's concentrate on you and not not slay other people, that's not <laughs> to start, is it? So yeah. let's um, let's track back right from the start then, what, how did you get into, into fitness in general? Um, I've always been in like, my family's always been very sporty, always very active. Um, I started playing, oh, it was a lie. Um, my mum always had horses. So I grew up horse riding from the very beginning. Um, okay. my sister and all that sort of stuff. We used to live like, my mum used to like manage a yard and things like that. So straight away, I was just like, I was just around animals and horses. Then I started doing that, started to get like a little bit competitive in that, nothing crazy. Um, and then my sister used to compete. And then when my parents split, um my mum moved close to the river and she was like yeah yeah i'm gonna get some i'm gonna get some boats and i was thinking yeah it's like 11 year old we're getting jet skis and we're and she came out with two kayaks and i was like oh this is shit i was expecting yeah i was speed boats the whole lot um and i was like okay cool it's a good way to kind of get on the water do something different and then a guy that lived next door to us just turned out to be like an ex-GB athlete um, and he just taught me how to kayak pretty much. Right. And then ever since then, I followed kayaking. Um, I dabbled with rugby and then just kind of prioritized kayaking. And that was it. And then I made uh, the GB team when I was 14. So from 14 kind of up until like 18, 19, I was traveling, competing with that. Um, and then I worked with a supplement brand at the time uh, that kind of just supported me through my kayaking and they were like oh can you come and do a photo shoot just to kind of for website stuff and I was like yeah yeah sure no worries and then everyone there was like really fit attractive guys and girls and I was like, like what, what do these people do like, what do you do for a living like oh. um and they were like oh we're personal trainers and I was like I'm gonna do that <laughs> so we're like, just touching on like obviously GB and stuff that's brilliant that you've that you've had that in your armory um financially was that a career that you can you can make money um, I think like you could 100% if you followed it through. It's very much like it is a lifestyle sort of thing. Like even when you get to the Olympic level and things like that, it was it wasn't it wasn't good money, but the sport was free. Mm. So technically, your day to day life is free. But actually, if you wanted like your food and your living and all that sort of stuff, like you're not getting much of an income. Sure. Um, I think from I think any professional sport, unless you're at the top, sometimes it's it's really it's not like the best income no like you like 
if you want to do it and that you love it inside out, 100% you could do it like anything else. If you want to earn money from it, you could. Um, but for me, I just kind of lost the spark for it as well. So, yeah. As you're getting older, different interests come in and stuff. Yeah, that's it. I just, yeah, there was no real, if, you know, something fizzles out slowly. I don't know what it was. There's no, like, if someone said, go do it now, 100%, I still love the sport. Yeah. But I think I just lost my drive towards it. Sure. No, that makes sense. So then fast forwarding slightly then. So you had these conversations with the people that were there, you know, you saw maybe their physiques and you saw that they were personal trainers. What happened there then? Did you kind of have a light switch that you were like, yeah, actually, I want to do that? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I literally just kind of like, I was like, how do you, how do you do this? Like you go to school, whatever it is. And then you just you get hold of your local kind of like, I don't know, like what's nearest PT uh, Academy, right? Sort of thing. Yeah. So I literally did that for, it's like six weeks, right? Six weeks course. That's if you do the intense one or you do it online or what? That's it. Yeah. So I think I did the six weeks. It was just literally every day for six weeks pretty much. And then I was working part-time at Hollister and in a nightclub. Um, and that was it. And then after that, um literally the, the local kind of gyms like all kind of came in do you want to work for us sort of thing and there was a new pure gym opening and i was like yeah i'll do that and then that was it i was straight in the door at a pure gym and that was that was the rest is history so with pure gym obviously it's very well known that it's you actually get quite a lot of bang 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 for your buck is that the saying like yeah. obviously it's a cheap kind of commercial gym however they actually are decent gyms did that reflect your pt price um do you know what it's funny because obviously when when i scaled and then moved to london a part of me thought actually i didn't need to move to london to push my pricing up it all comes down to are you good mm. do you get results it's that simple i think no matter where you are of course you got you have to change charge your debt like demographic your location and things like that but you should never undervalue who you are yeah um but I don't, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I think initially, if you asked me probably a year ago, even I would say, yeah, 100%. But now, I don't think so. I think pure gyms are, we've seen even over the last year, how phenomenal they've been. I've actually been to some pure gyms. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, this is really good. They've got even CrossFit sections. They've got tracks, everything. I'm like, this is insane. It's nuts. It's mad, honestly. There's actually one where, where I'm based in sort of Cambridge area. And Cambridge is quite a wealthy place and there's gyms like your david lloyds and stuff that are 90 100 pound a month and they're charging i think 14.99 standard membership in the center of cambridge and they've got yeah. like three thousand members or something stupid it's mad and like you say the, the quality is still there you can pay for some budget gyms and you kind of you kind of get what you pay for um but they've just kind of gone now sod that we'll give you state-of-the-art kit and just keep you at a nice a nice steady price which is decent yeah, 100%. I think people as well, like like the way that I always say is if, if you're, say, for example, you're a CEO and you built your business from scratch or something like that, whatever it may be, you appreciate and you respect money a lot. So if you just need a gym, like why are you going to pay £90 to go to a David Lloyd when you can pay £25 and go to Pure Gym and get exactly the same equipment, mm. quality trainers still? I'm like, well, it's a done deal, isn't it, sort of thing. Exactly. I can't go for a swim. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it, exactly. I think I might get some like David Lloyd haters on this, but um, I've been to a few and I'm, I'm sat there thinking like, it's more of like a leisurely lifestyle. Like you'll go there and sat, set your laptop up and do work from the cafe. And I think the one, but the benefit is I think that most of them have got creches and stuff. So I get it on that side of things. You can take your kids swimming, you can whack them in the creche while you go for a workout. But for everyday Joes, nine times out of 10, the budget gyms have got everything you need and, and more. Yeah. 
everything when it comes down to environment as well. Like, I think if you're a young guy or girl, even under the age of 40, 50, I'm like, I wouldn't go to like a David Lloyd. You always do get an older demographic as well a lot of the time. Um, and potentially, like you say, like parents and things like that. So actually kind of just go and look around them and see if that's where you'd actually want to spend hours out of your week. Yeah, I think if, if you're grunting doing a deadlift in a David Lloyd, you might get a few a few yeah, years, uh, <laughs> um okay cool so you did you did pt in in pure gym and then uh i've spoken to a few people that are now online coaches and they seem like it was quite just a, a generic transformation into moving into an online coach it was never like set out right i want to be an online coach it's just kind of happened is that the same for you yeah 100 percent. like i'll always say like if if 2020 didn't happen sort of thing the whole year of covid i'd still be on a gym floor Mm. um sure i generally love it um i think one-to-one coaching is never going to go out of date and things like that at all people still need that one-to-one face-to-face interaction sure but it did i think it's like i think as soon as social media evolves and technology evolves you just start posting things online and people ask questions and then people say well can you coach me i can't come to you but can you coach me i'm like okay let's try this <laughs> let's see if it works um and that's literally how it happened i guess really um and then obviously, when we couldn't work last year, we couldn't go to the gym for 16 weeks initially, wasn't it? Something ridiculous. Like, yeah, bad. I'm like, I moved back with my mum. I'm like, right, I have to pay you rent. I've got, being then, I was in central London. None of my one-to-ones were like doing the whole online thing. They didn't really get it. Yeah. Um, so actually, I was like, well, I'm going to have to pay you rent. I've got to eat still. So we better sort, we've got to do something. And that was it. 100%. And I was in a similar boat to yourself. It was kind of like, all my stuff stopped and you can either bury your head in the sand and, and almost give up and go, you know what? Can't earn any money or whatever. Cause we didn't know how long it was going to be. So it was like, I'm just going to take two months off and do nothing. Or you can be proactive and go, right, actually, how can I still service my clients? And obviously we all work for a reason. We all have bills to pay and earn money. So you need to, you need to find that balance. And you know, you've gone from like online training to live workouts and when you just have to, you know think outside the box i think is the best way to look at it um so was it similar to you like i was the same sort of boat i didn't really look at online coaching as a thing i think five six years ago it wasn't a thing um and it was similar to me like i had i had a friend reach out who lived up in i think it was scotland at the time and he was like can you help me i was like what you're gonna travel like six hours and he was like no just like send me stuff over like whatsapp and it kind of just a roll from there i was like actually this is doable and then obviously all the systems come about and stuff like that. And it's moved with the times. And as much as COVID has been terrible and I'd never want to go for it again, it's not even over, but I go for it again. The one thing I've taken from it is like my business models just flipped 180 to a completely, completely different similar to you, I guess. Well, now you're out in Dubai. Yeah, that's it. Like at the end of the day, like anything that gets thrown your way, that's especially over the last 10 months, 11 months, we've all just had to adapt. And I think it is for the best. Like, we all knew technology, social media, the internet was taking over, right? It was no one was looking at newspapers to get information. We were looking on our phones. So it's just fast forwarded things by five, 10 years sort of thing. That's kind of it, really. So we just have to adapt at a faster rate. Um, and like you say, systems, everything like that, like you learn as you go. You're like, okay, cool. This is an effective way. This isn't so hot, things like that. Like if I did what I did now in the first lockdown, I'd be like, no, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> um, but it is, it's just fine tuning things as you go and just fucking up, trying something different and just keep re- rinse and repeat. hundred percent. I completely agree. Learning on the job is something we haven't really had a choice, but we've had to do. 
and you know there's things that have gone wrong i've done live workouts and they've not saved and it's just been nuts but like with systems you trial and error and stuff like that and it's i think it's really beneficial so and i completely agree with you in terms of like everything's just fast forwarded like five years technology wise um which kind of brings me on to my next point quite nicely with regards to dubai like i went out there november time and i kid you not i just think they're so ahead of the game even just things like all the electric cars and like the, the buildings and everything's just so fast forward and you come back and you realize that and it just seems like the UK and maybe even Europe in general are just so far behind. Yeah, that's it. Do you know what? I think it is just, but I think the same with, because obviously I've got a lot of family in Australia and I kind of think that when I go there, because it's such a new country on the grand schemes of everything, they can kind of be like, well, we're going to take ideas from here, here and here and just do this mm. sort of thing. Because when you go to Australia, it's very much like it's kind of 50% America and 50% European. Yeah. So it's even the like the way they name things and stuff like that, and you're like, well, that's cool because you took the good concept of there and things like that. And Dubai have just kind of just scaled that on an extreme level, I guess. That's all it is, um, and it works. It really works. It's yeah, it's, it is just a very an efficient country, I guess. Or it's a country. It's not even a country. Is it? exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, don't judge me on geography, man. I ain't got Scooby. No, uh, not a chance. So. Did you sort of do it similar to myself? Like you went out for a couple of weeks. Was that with the intentions to see if it was possible to move out there full time? Or was it just, I'm going on a little break and then you fell in love with it? Yeah, I had no intention of being here, man. <laughs> like, if you said to me, even like, honestly, I think even middle of December, I don't think I planned to be here. It was literally like two, three weeks. I was like, way up pros and cons, go sort of thing. I came out here in November I think purely because we were like, I was like, fuck, is this really happening again? Like a second lockdown. There's no way. I was initially going to go to Scotland because gyms are up there to start off with. So everything's yeah. okay. So I was going to go up there for a couple of weeks, just see out the lockdown. Because we all got told the 3rd of December. So like, right, there's an end date. Yeah. yeah um, so I was going to go up there, train. A couple of the girls upset said, oh, maybe don't come. We might go into a lockdown. I was like, oh, fuck. And I just brought a train ticket. Like, Jesus. Um, and then it obviously went into lockdown. So I was like, I was just chatting with my mom. She was like, I was like, this is when everyone, this is when the hype was going around. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was like, screw it. Let's go. Three weeks, um, two weeks, whatever it was. And I did. I fell in love with it. I generally fell in love with the place. I think it helped a lot more that everyone was here. I think if I just came out and I didn't know anyone and things like that, I, I don't know if I'd be here. Sure. Um, sure. But honestly, yeah, I just, I didn't think I'd like it either. I didn't. I thought it was just going to be rich. I thought it was like a fucking like gold just dumped into a desert sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't think I'd like it. I didn't expect it to be what it is. Um, and it's, it is generally incredible. It's generally a lovely place as well. Uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate that they've got that like stigma to it now. Like I genuinely have been speaking to people. <laughs> like I've been put off going because of the, the noise around it and i'm like obviously it's six months time hopefully that'll all go now and you've still got to go experience it if you haven't because it's, it's another world really um so move the move out there was it more lifestyle or was it a business decision um honestly pure more i'd say like 60 percent business yeah. <laughs> um purely because um i kind of like obviously with online coaching you can be based anywhere and I, this is where it gets a bit, like, I generally wasn't, I think if I look back, I wasn't happy when I, where I was in the UK. I was living in London because that's where my PT was. 
I moved back to London because obviously I was thinking gym would reopen, things like that. I never went back to the gym when they did open because everything was online for me already. So yeah. I was like, why am I in London paying this money and feeling, I don't think I've ever felt so down in my life, especially like I've only realized that more coming here. I was like, I was fucking broken. Um, and that was it really. I wanted, I wanted to change. I was going to move in the new year anyway. I was planning to go to Manchester or Liverpool because all my friends are up north. Sure. Um, good gyms. My coach was initially based up there. Um, so there was going to be a move, but I didn't think it was going to be here. No. And then obviously talking to people out here when I was here in November, the perks of moving your business out here sure. is going to pay off in the long run for sure. Um, and like, you know, like Dubai is very good for networking. It's very good for meeting people. It's kind of, it's quite nice because it's the central center of the world in a sense. Yeah. So it's like, if you do want to go to like Australia, Indonesia, things like that, it's halfway there, halfway to Europe, it works out quite nicely. So, um, but the lifestyle here is lovely as well. Um, and it is good for, I I'm happier here, put it that way. So that's what it's all about. And again, just, just touching on it. Like, I think what a lot of people have found in the last 12 months is like happiness is kind of like key. Um, yes, we all need to earn money. Um, but if you're earning loads of money doing something you hate, I don't know, I'd, I'd swap that for doing something I love and earning a little bit less. Do you know what I mean? There is a balance. I'm not saying go quit your job and, you know, go do what you want to do and earn no money. But there is a balance that if you can find something that maybe doesn't earn as much as being a broker in London, but you can still earn a steady wage and actually enjoy what you do. You can't put a price on that, if you ask me. No, that's it. And also, I think if you generally love what you do and you're happy to wake up every morning, you'll earn more than you think. Exactly. And that was a that was the motto that I kind of was toying with because I, I was in fitness, then went into recruitment, ch chasing the money as a 20 year old kid or whatever. And yet I, I was earning good money, but the only day I enjoyed was payday. And I was like, I can't, I can't carry on like this. And my problem was like trying to, I was dipping my foot in the water, like, oh, maybe I should go back to fitness. Like, but how am I going to earn this sort of money? And it came to a point that I was just like, you know what, sod it. Like, happiness was more important than money and I heard someone actually said to me and I can't remember who it was but they were like just enjoy what you do and the money will come and yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I've lived with um so obviously just touching on London then and you mentioned like you wasn't in a good place I, I think London's great but you can experience it in two different ways I like going to London enjoying London and coming back but I think living in London everyone has this idea of like the London life like earn loads of money you go out drinking on tuesday night but from what i've seen it's not what it's hyped up to be no um like initially do you know what like i moved there as a trainer i was like cool i'm gonna network things like that 100 very good if you're on a trainer there you can literally you're two streets away from someone you want to train with or network with incredible you meet clients wise clients wise and phenomenal what do you do i'm a ceo here i'm a businessman here and things like that whatever it may be yeah um yeah. but you get caught up in it is i think it's the hustle and bustle. It's the fact that you can't go anywhere without seeing a human being. Like you you feel like you're on top of the whole time. It is a busy, busy place. There's a reason why it's like, where is it? London, Paris, New York, things like that. It is, that's why it's that one of those places It is full on. I think, I think you can do it for a few years. I think like in that kind of like mid 20 age where you kind of want to hustle and bustle, you want to go out, have a good night, things like that, spend some money. Um, but long term, no, it, it does it does eat at you a little bit. Mm. I, I found that. 
Yeah, definitely. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but if you mentioned when you were growing up, it was more like horses, stables and stuff. They're probably quite remote <laughs> locations, are they not? And like the rivers and stuff, it's quite quiet. So then moving yeah. to the, the big city, as they call it, must have yeah. been a change. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's funny how that's kind of where I want to go further down the line as well. I want to go back to the countryside and it's just, yeah, it's like, I love... I love greenery. I love free space and things like that. So I think initially when you're young, you think you want something like, you know, I want London and things like that. Cause it's like, and I'm like a hundred percent. I think everyone should do it of some form just to know what you do want from life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I clearly don't. I completely <laughs> so, agree. I, I had that opportunity as well. So when I came was coming out of fitness, so I kind of hit a bit of a glass ceiling when I was about 20. Um, I did the whole like recruiters contacted me and I went to London on like a two day, recruitment drive to try get a job and I went there and as I was there in my suit on the tube and whatnot I was like yeah this is the life like hustle and bustle like you say and then I got offered I got offered a position and I verbally accepted it and I went down the next week to find a location like to live and as I was there I was like you know what this ain't for me like the idea of it's great and like living in London and stuff but the reality of it is like two grand rent for a sales position is stress in itself before you've even taken the job and i just yeah. i just didn't want it do you know what i mean like i just came away from it and i'm so so glad i did because yeah. um it's changed me massively and like you say headspace and being positive and stuff and i know that's something you kind of push on your socials isn't it about being in a positive mind space and stuff and is that from previous experiences that you've had yeah 100 percent. i think it's just it's it's, it's just becoming self-aware and knowing what you want as well and actually like it's, it's so easy to get caught up in so much bullshit nowadays, so much bullshit. And actually like half of it's not fucking real, like mm -hmm. as well. And even here, man, like everyone's like Dubai. I'm like, oh yeah, like Lambos and shit going around. I'm like, dude, you can pick up one for like 600 dirhams for 24 hours. I'm like, it's probably not even theirs. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And things like that. So I think we get caught up in all that sort of stuff and- Insta reality thing. Yeah, that's it. And I think like, I never believed in, uh, do you know what? If you asked me a year ago, two years ago, like mental health and things like that, I never believed in it. I thought, just fucking grow up, sort yourself <laughs> out like, right, and things yeah. like that. And then I had that weird thing. Like I woke up one night, sweats, shaking, all this sort of stuff. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this? And I went down to like the doctors and things like that. And they were like, you had a panic attack. Like you had an anxiety attack. And I was like, nah, that's not real. Like, that's oh, not yeah. a real thing. Yeah um and ever since then like two years i'm like horrible anxiety and it's just it's only london that's sort of saying like even then like london just i don't think every day i had anxiety and i didn't realize that until i moved here and i was like you know when someone's just gone and you just that weight has been lifted sure. and didn't even know how anxious i was until i wasn't and i was just like man that's it yeah i completely agree i was in the same sort of boat i was like I'm always like happy and like I don't have mental health issues and stuff. Like that. I'm not saying I do, don't get me wrong. I have down days, but until you kind of look back and you go shit, like back in the day when I was in recruitment stuff, I was actually miserable. Like to, I don't think I went as far as like anxiety and things like that. But when it's only when I was speaking to one of my mates who kind of was a big advocate on the mental health side of things, we just went for a stroll and I was like, yeah, I've never really suffered with it. And then we carried on talking and he, he like light bulb moment. And he was like, You've just been talking for half an hour. You, you've actually had some some like mental health struggles in your life, but you just haven't realized. And I was like, shit, yeah, you're right. Like, because I wasn't crying and stuff, I thought I was fine. But in reality, you do have them issues. You just don't always voice them. 
Yeah, that's it. And I think also as well, mental health's getting pushed to the extreme now as well, where actually it's like, oh, you know, just be happy in who you are and things like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, 100%. But you can still sort your own shit out as well sometimes. Yeah. I think it does get... There is a balance. Is, yeah, there is. And it is just kind of actually just knowing that, like, also you don't have to be to the extreme to think, oh, I've got, like, I'm struggling. Like, yeah, yeah. dude, like, it's, it's like being, oh, you know, I'm not motivated. I must have mental health. I'm like, fuck off. No, you don't. You're just yeah, not yeah. motivated. There's days where you just wake up and you feel shit. It's not you're broken. It's not like you need antidepressants, whatever it may be. You just have those down days um 100%. so i think if things get it's like anything in it things get very quick to put labels on and all this sort of stuff um but i think it just comes down to self-awareness like you know that for you like you you just felt like well i'm not like broken sort of thing i don't have that, like, about that. Things that but i just feel i'm just not happy in this time period of my life mm. it could be six months could be a year could be a couple of weeks but it's just being aware that you aren't happy in that moment of time I uh, absolutely, man. I, I couldn't um, echo that anymore. I think it takes a brave person to stand up on a on a platform and go. Not everyone's got mental health. Like you need a James Smith jobby, but I think sometimes you got to look at it and go, look, you haven't got mental health issues. You just had a bad day, mate. Like go to sleep, wake up the next day, and you'll be right as rain. And I think, like I said, it, take, it takes a brave person to go on a platform and just bellow that. But sometimes you've got to look at it in, in the grand scheme of things and just say, look. You know, you didn't have a good day yesterday, but today's a new one kind of thing. Rather yeah, than straight away labeling it as you must have issues. Yeah, 100%. Someone asked me that today. Someone said, oh, why did you, why did you, why did you do what you do? Why did you become a trainer? And I swear to God, every trainer answers the same question. It's like to help others. I'm like, oh, 100%. Like now I enjoy helping others. But initially mm -hmm. I didn't do it to help anyone. Like it's like selfish as that sounds. I'm like, I went from a sporting background. I'm like, I feel lost because I've just given up something that I've done all my life. It's all I know. And I felt like sport and a, a discipline defines me. So I need to keep that going. So actually I need to continue to train, but then I need to earn money. So what can I do? I was like, Oh, I'll be a personal trainer. You know, they get, they get to train people. I get to work out. I have a label for myself again, which is what I wanted, I guess. Yeah. Then you're like, and then, then I fell in love with coaching. Then I fell in love with the process. Definitely. So initially it kind of starts off being selfish and then it evolves. Same with, same with LinkedIn. I don't know if you've used LinkedIn before. When I was in recruitment, it used, it used to drive me mad and I wanted to say something, but it's quite a professional platform, so you can't. Yeah. <laughs> but the same sort of thing, they're like, oh, I got into recruitment because I, I love helping people, getting them new jobs. I'm like, there is, a, there is an element of satisfaction when you do help someone and they get their dream job and stuff, but you're in it for money, mate. Like, a commission, bro. <laughs> be real. Do you know what I mean? Be yeah. real. And I think people would appreciate that more if you're a bit more real. No one goes into recruitment with that sole intentions of, I just want to help everyone. I will do it for free then. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's yeah. not the case. Like you're in it because you know you can earn a good whack. And yes, after that, like you say, you love, you start loving coaching. You start loving helping people to get their jobs, knowing that it's paying you at the same time. So um, yeah, it's about being real. So that was quite deep, wasn't it? That's, uh, <laughs> That's it. Light up a little bit. Wreck. Um, <laughs> let's move on to something a little bit more lighthearted. I think you've started the Kiwi gang. <laughs> I what swear to God. About? Come on. I, I swear to God. No, I, I, do it well. I swear to God. I just, do you know what it was? It was pure laziness. I remember I was like, I, I haven't had kiwis in ages. I was like, oh, I really fancy one, but I just couldn't be bothered to chop it up. And I was like, I couldn't unscoop it out and all this sort of stuff. So I said to him, I was like, I looked at my mum. This is when I was staying with her for so long. I was just like, should I just 
eat it <laughs> and I was like I don't know what it's gonna taste like yeah and that was it and I was like no oh, it doesn't really taste anything and ever since then I just kind of did it and I posted it once and then I think I just did it because everyone's creeped out by it to be honest mm-hmm. everyone's like oh how the fuck are you eating the skin I'm like dude it's like why do you eat the skin of an apple I'm like why don't you just peel that <laughs> like yeah. the same sort of thing it's just a bit furry and that's it yeah. And ever since then, I think it's just because people think it's creepy. So I just do it now. And every day, oh, you see, there are obviously um, tiny health benefits to it in terms of like the nutrients in the skin. However, yeah. I'm the same as you. I'm like, for the sake of peeling it, there's fucking juice everywhere. Like, just just smash it down. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. the same. I, I can't be bothered to cut it and scoop it and stuff. I'm sure yeah. there's a tool out there that does it all for you. But get it down. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. And that was literally it. And then, yeah, ever since then, I just kind of just, <laughs> just kept it going for a yeah. giggle, to be honest. And now it's kind of just fallen into routine. It's like, oh, post-workout food, I'll have a kiwi. <laughs> yeah, a bit of fruit after workout, absolutely. Yeah, and now, absolutely. obviously, all your clients are posting them back, aren't they? Yeah, it's hysterical. It's it. A few of them, don't, they do it once, they're like, well, I'm not doing that shit again. That wasn't nice, but... <laughs> kiwi gang, you've started something there, mate. Um, yeah, that's it. Sticking with food, we, we've both got something coming in common that we've both tackled the, the 10k food challenge. What was your um what was your synopsis of that? That's a big word for me, synopsis. What's your what's your uh, thoughts on that? Do you know what it's really easy? <laughs> it's really easy. You think? Yeah, I think I planned it out a little bit. I think if I planned it better, I could have like, oh, do you know what? I could have done I think if I planned it properly, like really properly, I think I could do 15 to 20 quite comfortably. Oh yeah, there's a challenge for you, mate. You, you've heard yeah. it right now. But like, even then, I had like, I was having like normal meals. I think I just had, I did like two cream of rice meals still. I had some bagels, jam, banana, things like that. I kept it pretty tidy. I think I made two cream of rice meals and bagels that were 2,000 calories. So I was like, oh, there's 4,000. That was easy. Then I had some four Sainsbury's jam donuts. They were like 1,000. Ridiculous. And then I had a Domino's, which came out to like four. So I was like, oh, I only needed a bit of ice cream to top it off. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I think I did think about that. I was like, let's stick with like the cream of rices and stuff. But I don't know what it is. Like, I can't eat that much. Like, so I'll do, for example, wherever it is. I've got this in a minute, cream of rice, pre-workout meal. I've got 75 grams and it kind of like does me. Like, I'm like, that's enough. So yeah. knowing I'd have to at least double, if not triple that, to be able to get to a thousand calories. I just went complete dirt and honestly mate it ripped me off yeah i think that's the thing isn't it it's kind of like i think you do have to like almost like sweet savory kind of like junk decent sort of thing. yeah um otherwise like if i just had to do like i've seen some of them online and it's literally just like cereal pop tarts cookies i'm like oh man i would feel is it i hope i would feel i would feel so sick i think like even the next day i was like just give me a stir fry give me some vegetables like (laughs) yeah next day i kid you not i had tin of tuna a protein shake a protein bar and a banana all day and even that was a struggle but i knew i had to get some protein down me yeah yeah god nice yeah i think appetite's one thing i'm i'm all right with i can i can push a lot of food down but it's funny because when it comes to dieting i'm like my food has to go low like I have to be starved to shift off body fat as well. So one end of this spectrum sort of thing. I have mm. to shovel in a lot of food to kind of grow and then to get lean, drop it, just go. <laughs> that down to like muscle mass metabolism as well. Yeah, see, like, I think I like I think I finished my last like just shoot prep. I was like doing seventeen hundred mm. and things like that, and that's low. And then I finished on like I think there was I think on my training days I was like five point four before. Okay. So completely different end of this and i was like doing cardio pretty much every day as well like yeah 
So onto your onto yourself now at the moment, like where are you at at the moment? Is it are you working towards that? Or are you just keeping yourself in Nick? Yeah. So like, just um, I came back. I was obviously supposed to go back on stage the end of last year, but then we were like, screw this. Um, ended up doing a photo shoot and I just dragged in a bunch of clients to do that as well. So that was nice. Um, and it was quite good because I got too fat. I did get too fat. So it was good. It tidied me up a lot. Um, and it kind of was nice to see how much tissue I had, what I had, where I needed to work on, all that sort of stuff. Sure. Um, and then I, do you know what? I, I stayed lean. I did stay lean. Like, and even now I'm still pretty lean. Like, and that was in September, my shoot. Um, so the mission is now is just to grow. Um, I switched coaches when I got here, um, which is nice to mix it up a little bit. Sure. Um, based there as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cam's based over here, which is nice. Um, it's just a nice, fresh approach. And it is just operation grow, just to keep growing. Um, I might, like, uh, there's always going to be shows and things like that. So I'm in no real rush. Mm. I think I'll do, like, I think I'll get lean for, like, no October, November time, just to do, like, some photo shoots and things like that. Um, yeah. If I want to step on stage then, I might. But otherwise, I think I'll probably even push it towards, like, summer next year even. Sure. Have a good good off-season, if you like. and. Yeah, you can bring next year. Um, just touching on your coaching stuff and being out there, I think I think that's really key because he gets everything from like weather to like what times you can train. And talking of training, like that B one gym's a joke. And I remember when I went there, I was like, this place is unbelievable. Yeah, it's just the atmosphere because I think people like I think people think it's it like mind blowing equipment wise. I'm like, it's really not. Like yeah, I think yeah. it's because I got spoiled because I was at Muscle Works, Orpington. Or Kings. Yeah. Kings. So actually, you're like, well, actually, they're probably two of the best gyms in the UK or South yeah. until you go up to uh, Rotherham and you get Ultraflex and things like that and Prophecy and stuff like that. The UK has phenomenal gyms, like probably there's some of the best in Europe, even in the world, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's just the environment here. That's all it is. I found that, like you say, when you're there, the kit's nothing you haven't seen before. Um, but it's just the environment, even like upstairs with the shop and the cafe and like yeah. the people that are there and I don't know what it was like I, I walked in there and I'm when I went to Dubai I was probably like 85 kilo and I genuinely was like one of the smallest lads in that gym <laughs> it's carnage I was like oh. <laughs> but just having them around you I don't know what it is like self-consciously you feel like you leave you can lift more if that makes yeah. sense um so it's kind of like you're not trying to keep up with the big boys or anything like that when you got big Larry in there and all sorts but it's more like just the environment's just so like pumping that you you want to work out if, if that makes sense yeah that's it and it is like um there's that's all it is it is the environment and this all comes down to it like anything if you want to do anything and be good at anything in life surround yourself put yourself in the right environment mm. it's like if you if you surround yourself with five smokers you'll probably be the sixth sort of thing yeah, it's yeah the same. Like if you hop, if you hang around with bill gates mark zuckerberg all these like multi-billionaires well you're not going to be skin are you put it that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're going to yeah, earn exactly. you might not be a multi-billionaire but you might earn a lot of money sort of thing Sure. It's like anything. 100%. I'm going to, I want to throw it out there and just find out because I was, I've done a potluck. When I got to Dubai in November, they were doing like some free week at B1. I was buzzing. I went in and I was like, what's this going to set me back? What's yeah. the membership there? You're a member now, yeah? Yeah. So do you know what? Because I haven't got my bank account here yet, I think I'd set up, a, I don't even think they do direct debits. I think it is just like, what it seems like in Dubai is you buy things in big blocks. Yeah. Um, so I bought three months and that was 
about 260 quid. So what's that device? It's quite expensive gym membership. It's like an 80 pound yeah. gym membership. Okay. Yeah. I, I was going to go around that. I thought a month would be about 400 AED, which is what, 100 quidish. Yeah, so it oh. is. Yeah, it's funny here because some things are like, like gyms seem to be quite expensive on the, like if you want to go to a decent gym sort of thing. Um, but other things are like dirt cheap. That's the thing. It's kind of like, it's a bizarre, it's one extreme or the other. There's no kind of like happy medium. It's, yeah, I agree. I found yeah, that as well. Um, what was the other thing? The other thing I found as well was like the mall. The mall is incredible, <laughs> but it's just 20% on top of anything. Like literally anything's just 20% more. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was going there and I was in Dubai. So I was like, I've got to bring something back to the missus and I've got to buy something like, and I, I was paying for it. Like it's it's 20% cheaper online, but I'm just doing it for the sake of being in Dubai <laughs> yeah. mall. It's mad. Yeah, yeah. mate, is it? I, do you know what? I don't, I think it's spectacular. Like downtown Dubai, I think it's stunning. I think it's brilliant. I'm glad I don't live up that way. Mm. Like, because it's- Are you near the marina? Yeah. It's just too, it's just too much like up that way. Um, and like you say, like the mall's absolutely fucking mind blowing, like absolutely mind blowing. But you're like, dude, like half the shops, more than half, like 95% of shops, not a fucking clue what they are. Yeah. I was like, there's Zara. I'm safe. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally it. Um, it's just, even it's then just... I'd like, I'd hope that maybe a friend or a family member might come out to see me and bring me a suitcase full of stuff because you're just going to save so much money. Yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think I'd buy no, I think like Nike and Adidas and all that sort of stuff's about the same price. But yeah, like, yeah. yeah, but I don't think everything else is ridiculous. It's like Fendi it kids, like infant Fendi, like a yeah. 500 pound t-shirt that they're going to grow out of in two weeks. Oh. It's oh, just exactly. ludicrous. Yeah. And that's, that is literally where they earn their money though. That is, it's tourism and things like that. So, but yeah, I just, yeah, it's something, some things are ridiculous. It's like, it's even food here as well. Like some things you're like, when you first come here, like the money seems like monopoly money. So you're like, well, I don't know how much it is here. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go and see what it sets you back. And then you start to get like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it's little things like berries you would have experienced. Like I'm like a tub of like blueberries, like this big. Yeah. I was like, Dude, it's like seven pounds. It's I'm like, well, that's that then. Blueberries are done. But then frozen, frozen blueberries are exactly the same price. So you're like, oh, okay, we'll just get them instead. Yeah, I, I did that. It was almost like calculating in your head when you're about to buy something, right? This would be about £10 or whatever. So it's like, yeah. but I suppose you just learn as you're there, don't you? So with regards to Dubai then, is that for the foreseeable or are you, are you thinking maybe six months? Three to five years. Okay. Um, long term. Yeah, purely from, because I've moved the whole business over here. Um, so I've registered the business over here. So obviously you do have to pretty much prove and stay here for a period of time. Um, as soon as you kind of become resident and things like that, then the business is technically established here and then you can, you can keep it here. You can run away sort of thing. Mm. Um, so that leaves me quite nicely. I'm 25 now. So actually in three to five years, 30, and then actually it's a really nice time period in my life where I can hustle and bustle here sort of thing for the next yeah. kind of five years. And then when I get to 30, I'm like, well, actually I might want a family and things like that. And I probably would move back to the UK potentially. Yeah. Definitely. So just do your thing, do your graft, enjoy your, enjoy your late twenties where you are. Why not? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, see what happens, I guess. Yeah. That's it. Wing what it. About on a, what about on a business front? Uh, on a personal side, on a personal side of things, like, is there an aim in mind? Is there, a, you want to get onto a certain stage or what, a certain physique? 
just want to keep growing. I just want to keep growing. I just want to test my body, get strong. Um, yeah, I think, uh, do you know what? When it comes to like bodybuilding, it's like, it's always the same feedback, right? Like if you go on stage, whatever it is, like bigger, better condition, posing. That's literally it. You bring those three, you'll do well. Um, but that's, that's literally it. I just enjoy bodybuilding right now. I enjoy, I've got the spark for it again, which is, I was surprised. I like even for a period, I think it was maybe the lockdowns when we were trying to run around tier systems, trying to train and things like that. And like, but now that I'm like established, I'm getting stronger again, things like that. I'm, I'm loving the process of it. So it's just to keep growing. I think that's the thing. It's like, if someone says, where do you want to be? And like, what's the focus of business and training? I'm like, just grow. That's literally yeah. it. Grow the business, grow myself. Boom, simple. And just enjoy yourself. Yeah. I completely agree. And did you find that when, when you went out there the first time around, because lockdown was still relatively fresh. It was the second lockdown, wasn't it? I think this is almost feels like normal life now. It's, it's a bit weird. I think when we get let out, it'd be like a, a weird kind of sensation of like, yeah. you can shake someone's hand when you meet them. Like now you're like, stand back. Do you know what I mean? Um, but do you think when you went out there, for me, it was just like, a bit of fucking normality like everything was just so like covered and like you have to stay on and i went out to there and it was just like you can have a conversation and like say hello to someone without them like measuring if you're two meters apart yeah yeah the first time man in november i think it felt i think because the whole time even when we had the gyms open over that summer period for like three months yeah. we still couldn't go to restaurants and stuff like that could we or maybe we could i can't even remember now like Small I think it was, yeah and it was just i think it's just where uk people felt so awkward you felt so uncomfortable the whole time mm. um but mate like you say you say how here like you come and you like you get a haircut and you're like fuck like, i just get to sit down and just talk to a barber and just like have a haircut and i get to go out for meals and just kick my feet up and things like that it felt so nice that second like for that second lockdown i think because it was going into winter as well so it was like I got some sun, things like that. It felt incredible. Um, everyone was out here. So everyone that everyone that I planned to meet and home and train, everyone was here. So I was like, I get to see everybody. Like all my yeah. friends are online. So it's like, oh my God, I actually get to meet you in real life. Like, it's great. Sure. Um, yeah. That's it. Definitely, mate. Well, I won't keep you much longer, mate, because I'm sure you, you want to go enjoy Dubai as, as I would when I was there. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you coming onto the podcast, mate, sharing a little bit of your story. All the best with Dubai. Um, I hope to get out there this year, whether I can or not, I don't know, but it's definitely a place that I will be visiting a lot in my lifetime. I know that for sure. Buzzing, mate. Mate, it's it. I just need to upgrade, get a two-bed place, and then you can come stay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll be on the sofa, mate. Don't worry about no two-bed. Don't worry no, about that. Sorted. Yeah, top man, mate. I appreciate your time. You take care of yourself, and uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Will do, bud. Have a good one. And you, buddy. I'm not going to